gods of the sky. Sean is your god, and he lives in the earth. Once giants lived in the earth. Amen. And in the darkness of chaos, they fooled Sean. And they took from him the enigma of steel. Sean was angered, and the earth shook. Mark struck down these giants, and they threw their bodies into the waters. But in their rage, the gods forgot the secret of steel and left it on the battlefield. And we who found it are just men. Not gods, not giants. Just men. You ass in a rocket, the trust is out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Not gods, just men. We are not gods. We are just men. And if there was any doubt about that, if you were behind the scenes with me, you would know that we are very mortal and incredibly valuable. <laughs> Speak well, for yourself, camera, please. That, that camera's very mortal. Is your camera's failing yet again? Yeah, it was made by by men, not gods. Yeah, clearly. Uh, speaking of people who think they're gods, there's a there's a fella um, in Washington who thinks that he can get people to do what he wants just by having speeches. Um, and we're going to talk about what happens when a guy like that starts running his mouth in just a couple minutes with our special guest, Melissa Nan Burke, the Washington bureau chief of the Detroit News, who spent. A most harrowing day just a week ago, one that I, I dare say made her wonder whether it would be her last day. So we are gonna we're gonna get to Melissa in just a moment. But first I want to introduce my my uh co-conspirators here. Mark Fellhauer, he of the Slick Production. <laughs> Nothing but errors today. And uh and Sean uh, Windsor, he of the uh, Rapid Reduction. Nothing but errors with an H. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and Matt Jennings will join us soon for a history lesson that um that, uh, well, let's put it this way. You can't make up history, but he does. So uh, so let's get to the truth. Let's get to the real deal. No fake news here on ML Soul of Detroit. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. We know you're busy because we're possibly going to see a president impeached. Uh, from what I understand, we have the National Guard deploying, maybe a little late. And things in Washington are more busy than ever during a time of year when we pretty much, I would think, are kind of in a downtime just waiting for the next president to be inaugurated. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, typically I would be spending this week getting ready, doing some preview stories for the inauguration. But yeah, I, I, instead we, we're getting ready for another impeachment vote tomorrow, potentially. Sure. And, and with the uh, with the, the cycle of elections, and I've, I've covered politics for almost 30 years. You go through a campaign and then you're going pedal to the metal the whole time and then it's over and you kind of get to catch your breath. Well, that hasn't happened for the last four years. And then we have another election. And you think, well, maybe I'll get to catch my breath. And then that hasn't happened. And then finally we have a president and we think, okay, that ought to help. And, and here we are. But, um, but I'm, I'm, I read your column in the Detroit News, and we are going to share that on, our, on our, our website too. But you happen to be not just in Washington at the time of the, I guess what people are calling insurrection. It, it feels like a very polite way of putting it to me. But you were in the press gallery and at one point uh, had sent a tweet to your husband saying, I love you. Um, that's 
that's pretty powerful. And I wonder when you sent that tweet, was there any party that thought this may be the last tweet that I send or the last text that I send? And I, I want to, I want to speak, uh, from the heart. Yeah. Um, I certainly hoped he wasn't watching C-SPAN at the moment. Um, it was unclear to me if they had cut the cameras at that point or, or what had happened, but, you know, we were, you know, there just to set the scene briefly, we were there, you know, covering what was supposed to be the counting of the electoral college votes. Um, you know, it was expected to be a very long day. Uh, and, you know, we knew there were supposed to be protesters. I had seen some protesters outside the Capitol building as I came in. And as I was walking over to the House side uh, of the Capitol from the Senate side, um, well, I don't think anybody expected, you know, what happened. And uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was harrowing. And it was uh, a moment that you, um, you know, you, you stopped, but you pause and you think, what do I need to do in this moment? And I kept to try to keep tweeting, but I also thought I, I needed to send that text. Well, reporters often don't like to talk about their feelings and we don't like to be the subject of stories. Of course, now I'm a politician, so it's all about me. We'll talk about me plenty, but can you, can you sort of break uh, the mold a little bit here and just tell us how you were feeling when, when you realized that this day was not going to go the way you thought it was, you know, what you were doing and, and what sort of emotions you were feeling? Yeah, I think, I mean, we were there covering, I mean, a debate was happening at the time when they, you know, a security officer came onto the floor and uh, said, you know, that people had breached the building, were, were, were in the building. They had made it into the rotunda where tear gas had been uh, set off. It was unclear who set off the tear gas, but uh, at the time they were telling members on the floor to put pull the gas masks out. They're actually emergency hoods, I've since learned. They were under their seats. Um, you know, and I'm there and I'm sending reports, you know, back to my newsroom, sending tweets. And, you know, at first I don't think we knew quite how serious, you know, to take it. Uh, but then when it became clear that the leadership had been whisked out, you know, whisked off the floor and the, um, you know, the, the, the members were all evacuated eventually. And then they told us that we needed to get up and move. Um, and I, I think we all in that moment are gathering all our things and are trying to move over to a different side of the gallery at the time when there are people banging on all of the doors around the entire gallery. I mean, it's echoing in the chamber and you can't really tell where it's coming from. They had locked us in for security purposes at that point. Um, and then there was this standoff, which is, I think, around when I sent the tweet. But there was a standoff between officers at the central doors where they had barricaded, um, you know, pushed these, this big, huge wooden desk across the, the chamber in front of these doors and piled it up with, uh, uh, I guess they were benches of some sort on top um, to keep these people out. And I, I think... The fear in that moment, in part, is that you don't know if it's two people behind that door. You know, I mean, the, the officers had their guns drawn. We're telling them to get back. You don't know if it's two people at that door. You don't know if it's 50 people. We had no idea. You know, we at that point, we hadn't seen the images that the, everyone else was seeing on TV. We didn't, we, you know, there's no TV inside the house chambers. So we didn't know the numbers of the people that were out there. But 
you know, in the reporting that's come out in the last few days to see how close um, some of these folks got, you know, how close it was of a call it was to evacuate some of the lawmakers and evacuate the press and the staff that were in both chambers. Um, it, it was minutes, if not seconds uh, before. And so I really salute, you know, the, the Capitol Police and the other security officers that moved as quickly as they did to get us out. Hey, Melissa, how much of a labyrinth is the Capitol building? And did you, did you know your way around there? I mean, I, I guess that would work to your advantage and disadvantage because people don't know, you know, which yeah. corner to turn. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a labyrinth. Do you think that, I mean, did you know where to go? Yeah, I, I, I do know my way pretty well. Well, they were... they. They were directing us in terms of when we were when we were evacuated. You know, we were we were captive in a in a gallery for a bit until they figured out how to get us out um, because we weren't sure who was banging on these doors. The police that were in there with us, uh, and once we did, once they did evacuate us, um, you know, they they took us downstairs and and into the basement tunnels and everything. And I mean, I knew where we were. I didn't actually had never gone down the stairwell that they took us. It was. Mm. I don't know if it was an emergency stairwell or what, but, um, uh, you know, I knew where we were going. I mean, the, the, the thing that was a little alarming, you know, they whisked the wall makers away and obviously put them into a secure location, but sure. the rest of us, a lot of staff and press were just kind of, <laughs> we didn't really know where to go. And I ended up kind of in a, you know, a safe spot where there was some, uh, you know, some, some police officers there, but it is a big labyrinth. And I think in a way that was, um, uh, slowed down the people, the intruders who got into the building because they obviously didn't know where they were going. Um, and I think that that, you know, the Capitol Police uh, and, and other uh, law enforcement, you know, in a way it seems use that to their advantage in trying to draw them away from the Senate chamber, for example. Um, but it was, um, you know, it, it, it's a place that I had always thought of as the very safe space. Um, and that was violated that day. So, Melissa, we've seen those pictures of the uh, the plainclothes security officers or police officers with their, with their glocks drawn and pointed at the at the doors where people were peering through the broken glass. Could you actually see that from the from the gallery, or is that happening just below you? I could see that from where I was. Yeah, um, yeah, I had a straight shot. I mean, they moved us over from where the press usually sits to the. I guess it's the west side of the gallery. So yeah, we were. I was looking straight down. I was actually right behind where the C-SPAN cameras are, so we could. I could see them. Uh, and they're really, you know, I don't know if you have seen the pictures of the way the gallery looks, but it's like tiered seating, you know, mm -hmm. so that you can see the, right. the floor below and witness democracy happening. And so there isn't a lot of cover, you know. Or and being so they were trampled telling upon. us to get down, you know, get down in the gallery. Um, but it was like, what do you get down behind? And so I eventually kind of scooted down to get down behind. There's a little lip that kind of runs around the edge. And it was right near where the C-SPAN cameras were. And just kind of watching this standoff and hoping, uh, you know, hoping that the worst wouldn't happen. And I, I, I never, I still quite haven't learned how many people were on the other side of that door. So it, it sounds like you were trapped. There was no way out for you. There's no trap door. There's no back door. You were in the arena. And if the good guys didn't win... Uh, heaven knows what happens next. Yeah, they, we were, they, we were, I don't actually don't in that moment, your sense of time <laughs> gets really messed up. Um, but it felt like a really long time that we were waiting 
to get out of the gallery because uh, they couldn't, you know, the police couldn't tell who was on the, like I said, on the, who was on the other side of that door. I do distinctly remember thinking to myself, like there's, there must be some universal uh, code word language, something that off, you know, police in this situation would, would know to communicate if there is another law enforcement officer on the other side of the door. Um, Cause they didn't know. I mean, that was kind of what was so scary in the moment was like, we were all thinking, don't open that. I mean, I wasn't by myself, obviously there's a few dozen other lawmakers, a lot of press and staff. Um, but I know a lot of us are thinking, do not open that door. We don't know who that is. Um, and they did eventually get us out. And when we got, when we passed, when I got out of the gallery and we were heading across the marble to go down the stairs uh, to evacuate the building, you look to my right and there was about five or six guys with, you know, on their stomachs with their hands behind either behind their necks or behind their backs with cops standing over them. And I'm not sure if that's who was banging on the doors or they had, you know, been apprehended somewhere in the hallway, but um, uh, it was, it, it kind of showed you how close, um, you know, just how close they got. It was very, um, it was very scary. Melissa, you mentioned what you were thinking. I'm curious, though, and you mentioned that you could hear the noise of the, the banging on the doors, but what did it sound like in there? And and were people talking before the lawmakers were whisked out? Were they were they speaking or were there guttural noises? I'm just curious what the, the scene sounded like in those first few minutes, other than the banging of the doors. Sure. I mean, before the lawmakers... It, there was a lot of chaos before the lawmakers were evacuated because, you know, they had told everyone to grab these emergency hoods because of the tear gas that had been deployed. And so those emergency hoods, you know, everyone's trying to rip them out of these packages. And we were all kind of confused as to how to, I mean, most of us in the press had not been trained on how to open these packages and neither had, it didn't seem the lawmakers had either. You know, and there was one lawmaker who was stood up on a chair and was telling everybody else, all the lawmakers on the floor, like, demonstrating how to open it, how to make the hood function. And it was, it was just chaos because you had the banging on the doors, you had everyone kind of talking and you had the whirring of these emergency hoods that was starting up. Um, that, that hood, by the way, just like word, I don't know what a better verb here is, but it buzzed. The filter would buzz for like, man, like two or three hours. Cause I, you know, as I'm in lockdown, it was just kept making this noise, you know, next to me, uh, next to my computer, uh, as I continued to report. But, um, and you know, the, the scary, uh, the, he, because of the echo, the echoey sounds in that chamber, you know, there were the, there was one really loud bang during the standoff and it was unclear what that was. Um, you know, lawmaker that I interviewed thought that it was maybe a flashbang later. I know lawmakers on the floor, um, people who were on the floor of the house also heard the shot that was in the speaker's gallery where the, the woman was killed by the Capitol police officer. We didn't know what that was at the time. Um, you can't really distinguish what these sounds are. At least I couldn't um, in, in the moment, uh, you know, you read about it later uh, and it's kind of helps piece together the chronology of what happened, but uh, it, it was chaos. It was hard to tell what was happening. It was hard to hear the police officers and what they were yelling. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think we're just 
also lucky that, that more people weren't hurt or killed uh, in the end. Absolutely. Two questions um, about the representatives that were in the House. I mean, the good thing is a lot of them are former military. So did you see a lot of them jump to action and kind of help out in the situation? And to that point, how much fog was there? How disorganized was it? Because I actually read a story, and I didn't know whether or not to believe it, that some lawmakers were arguing with each other while it was all going on. Did you see any of that? I don't recall lawmakers arguing. I mean, there there was definitely, before before the evacuation, when the, we heard that people had gotten into the building, when, when the police officer, the security officer announced that, there was a couple comments made from the Democratic side of the gallery where some lawmakers were sitting, you know, telling, directed at their Republican colleagues saying, call Trump, call, call your friend and tell them to stop. Um, uh, but once things started, you know, once the chaos got a little more intense, um, you know, I, I didn't notice particular interactions with the exception of one, there were a couple of when the standoff was happening with these with these folks at the door where the police have their guns drawn and are telling them to get back. There was a couple of lawmakers, um, Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen in particular, uh, I recall at the, you know, at the door trying to kind of reason with whoever was behind the door. Mm. He's a big uh, Trump supporter. Um, I interviewed Bill Heisinger, Congressman Heisinger from West Michigan, who was one of the lawmakers who jumped up and helped Capitol Police, the security officers there, move some of this, these huge pieces of furniture across to get them in front of the door. Um, so they, you know, they didn't just sit back. A bunch of them did jump up and try to do something. But, uh, you know, those those officers are all trained to, to protect those, those lawmakers, and they just kept trying to get them off the floor as fast as possible. So I, I did not see any arguments. There definitely were some shouted remarks at the very beginning before I think everyone understood the gravity of what was happening. So Melissa is a, a reporter. Uh, she's a human being. I, I hate that. I have to tell people that she has a family. She is in the middle of a situation that for all she knows, maybe the very last day she is on the planet and she's working the whole time. She's getting the word out. She's telling people she takes a break to send a note to her loved ones. And for everybody out there who wants to demonize the media and wants to, to, to spit on their enemies, I want you to think about this for a minute. I want you to listen to her voice. And I, I, can't, I can't believe how composed you are. I mean, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. And I was sitting on a couch in a basement watching all this. But as we're sitting here trying to paint everybody in the starkest colors, we need to think about this because there's no way that Melissa should have had to go through this. There's no way anybody should have had to go through this. And what are we doing when we're getting so amped up about stuff like this, that we, we, we take somebody who's a good, hardworking America can, who, whose whole purpose, whose whole mission, whose whole life is to let people know what's going on in our government. And we basically make them fear for their lives. And I don't know what would have happened when that door opened. And when you tell me they're piling furniture in front of it, it sounds like a, a really crappy uh, George Romero movie where they're waiting for the zombies to come in. But, but these are zombies. These are, these are people who have no brain. They're trying to feed on the brains of other people. They're trying to survive on the carcass of a country that was gone 150 years ago. And we used to own people and it's time for them to just, just get on with it. And, and, 
and let people like Melissa do their job. Let the media do its job. You want to yell at us. You don't want to subscribe. That's your choice. But just let's try and remember that, uh, that everybody has a job to do. And that job isn't trying to kill other people because, uh, because of an election that wasn't stolen. So Melissa, I, I want to give you the last word. I really, I know you got a lot of work to do because if I were you, I'd be on an island right now trying to forget about all this, but you're, you're going to work. So, uh, so once again, you are the consummate professional serving the people, really serving the people. Um, even if they're not subscribers, you cheap bastards, you should subscribe because I think she's worth 99 cents a month <laughs> for the next three months. And if you disagree with me, I'll give you the three bucks. But uh, I want to give you the last word and thank you very much for everything you've done, everything you're going to continue to do. And uh, I think you've done a lot to contribute to society without what you went through. I mean, your work is, is outstanding and, and we're grateful for it and, and for the time you've given us today. Well, thanks for having me. I, I do. I, I would just leave with the thought that, you know, um, I, I, I was I was glad to see, you know, my colleagues return that night um, to cover the vote. The lawmakers came back. They reconvened. They went on with their work. Um, you know, the, the glass is going to be cleaned up. The, the graffiti will be, you know, cleaned off the walls. Um, you know, I don't think I, I, I was just really proud of the press corps that they continue to do their job, um, you know, in, in the situation we were in. And, um, and we'll keep going back. We'll, we'll be there. Well, thanks, Melissa. We're going to have a link to your column on uh, on our website. We're also going to have a link on how people can subscribe, how they can follow you on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, I hope we never have to talk about something like this again. Um, so I'm pretty confident the next time we talk, it'll be a lighter subject. But we hope you'll come back again and tell us what's going on in Washington because what's going on is I never imagined. I just never imagined this. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. So Melissa's going to get back to work, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll just—I I don't want to editorialize too much. I think this thing speaks for itself, but uh, I personally think she's still in shock. I mean, she's, you know, rock steady. But I don't know how many of us would have gone through that and would walk away feeling like, uh, like I got to get back to work. I got to—I got to make deadline. I just like hearing her story because so much of the aftermath has been a lot of arguing about uh well if, th- if it was these people or if it was these people um or uh, trump did this and trump did that it's like well you know there were real people inside there and i know nobody likes lawmakers nobody likes congress but there were real people in there and uh they were terror you know they were they were just terrorized they were fearful so i'm we, glad i'm glad she told the story and i i wish we could have kept her longer there's so much more i wanted to hear and so much more i wanted to talk to her about but she does have to get back to work because she's that committed but you know, so this isn't just about the media because you know, you know who else those guys wanted to kill? They want to kill Mike, Mike Pence. Pence yeah. Okay, you know, so if, if we're if we're trying to take out some yard, some sort of yardstick, and or or some sort of a plumb bob and and try and and, and get to the depth of of the uh, the depravity there, uh, we're not going to get to the bottom because they wanted Mike Pence to be vice president for four more years, but they're also willing to kill him. I mean, I mean, what do we, what, I mean, I, I you can't call these people animals because animals, while they may not work on as many conscious levels as we do, they know love. They tend to have decency. They lick themselves a bit. But, uh, you know, other than that, I, I'd take an animal over these, these 
these wretched souls who somehow have convinced themselves that they've been cheated and that by executing people and terrorizing people, that will bring back America. That will bring back America. What do you think America is? That's never been America, even in our darkest days. They didn't do this in a vacuum, Mike, right? Well, so, so people want they to put didn't. this on Trump. And, and, and listen, I, I, Trump should not be let off the hook because he's the one who poured the gas and lit the match. But these people were here before Trump. They're going to be here after Trump. And some of them have turned on Trump. They have, but they were here before Trump and relatively contained. There are a lot of reasons the the communications change, right? We'll get into social media and the great debate and all that and all, and the role in all of that. But when have we had a president of the United States before encourage this in your lifetime? No, of course not. Ever, never. Right. I mean, and look, uh, not in the history of America. And I'm, I mean, not, I think, I think I'm not excusing the closest, what they the did. I'm not justifying what Burr. they did, okay. but don't dismiss the power of those words from that office, right? Yeah. There's a cause and effect there. And it would have been fine if they never, if, if they just protested, they didn't breach that first barrier. I mean, nobody would have a problem with, nobody had a problem with the, the speech. And the, I mean, it was just the same old noise we heard a lot. But a lot of people, and particularly the people that committed the crime, you know, th- these are people that felt like they weren't being heard for a long time. That's why Trump won. There's a group of people that feel like, hey, I'm, I'm an American. I'm not being heard. I'm not, this is my concern. And so it grows and grows and grows to the point like, hey, there's no better place to be heard than inside the Capitol building with what they did. And it, there's an echo in the rotunda. It's they very were, easy to be heard. They but. were literally trying to stop the certification. Right? I mean, that, that was the goal. It wasn't a protest. No, they were going to take over. In fact, I once I, they crossed the barrier, yeah. And how? But how lucky really were was this situation in a way? I mean, it could have gotten a lot worse. Well, there were a lot of people that got in there that just didn't know what to do because you know it wasn't organized terribly well as to what they were going to do. There were some people that yeah were hell bent on, like you said, hanging Mike Pence or zip tying lawmakers. And they it's built just, the gallows. Okay, I mean they built. Yeah, I, <laughs> And they had plans too to start shooting, right? I, I see. I, this is a part I'm not that I stories can't, that I'm not keep coming out. I can't believe there wasn't more shooting. I mean, that's uh, why I'm saying we're lucky. Maybe, maybe well, there's, there's pipe bombs, which the pipe bombs story just seems to get buried below all of them. Something it was a diversion tactic to keep uh, people away from the Capitol building because I think they were at the RNC and the DNC. Uh, the whole thing is utterly insane. What is also driving me insane is the pure broad brushing. This happens with everybody. The pure broad brushing is like, well, that's a Trump supporter because it's not. There's a lot of people. I understand why somebody would vote for him. It makes sense. But those no, people, these, these that people, the crimes are fucking violent and they need to be punished. They period. were psychotic before Trump came along. He made them feel it was okay to come out of their holes. So he's got to take some responsibility. Sure. And by the way, sure. by the way, if I could have five minutes alone with Don Jr. somewhere, oh my God. Well, that's the other love, thing. I I know. would love to spend a couple minutes with a baby boy. Forty-seven percent. Did you see the poll yesterday or the day before? Forty percent of Republicans were okay with the um, with the insurrection. Well, of course, the Th- polls are wrong. Call. It may turn out it's fifty-five percent. It might be, but <laughs> we, we undercount the Republican vote. Don't give we? Or take, give or take five percent. But actually, I was weirdly I, I still heartened, heartened by that. That means half Republicans weren't. And you assume a lot of those folks supported Trump because 90% of the uh, Republicans supported Trump before the election. Well, the own party, and this blows my mind, because he, he was the party, right? I mean, that, that was the platform, was what, and that's fine. That's, that's, that's what party. Junior said. He said, this is Trump's Republican Party. It's not the Republican Party anymore. It's Trump's party. 
But that seems to be done now when you listen to certain Republican leadership talk about it. I mean, McConnell's pissed at him. Yeah. No, everybody I mean, is. McConnell, I thought his speech when they got back together was pretty damn good. Uh, Mitt Romney's was it's, fantastic. Uh, ben Sass, you know, I mean, McConnell, yeah. McConnell's yeah. Well, speech going, before everything went south was pretty good. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, and then there's Ted just, Cruz. It's just, right? well, yeah. It's just the whole thing to me is just sad. Ted, you know, so, so uh, I often think of that scene in Talladega Nights where, uh, where, um, uh, uh, where the uh, race car, the French race car driver shows up at the pit stop and he's, he plays jazz and they're like, well, what, if you don't like jazz, why do you have it on the jukebox? He said, well, that's mm-hmm. for, that's for, uh, uh, for um, profiling. You know, if you, if you play jazz at the pit stop, we know you don't belong here. Um, I, I kind of feel like if there's anything good to come out of this, it was a moment where we found out who is really diabolical. And and Josh Hawley, congratulations. You played jazz at the pit stop. Ted Cruz, you've been putting quarters in that jukebox for a bunch of years. Hopefully it's your last tune. Hopefully that tune that you're playing right now is taps for the career of Ted Cruz. Even Republicans hate your ass. And shave that beard, you silly well, bastard. Because they have to get reelected, it's always about keeping their job you know, be it six years, be it every two years. No, but those guys were making a play for the presidency. Yeah, this were. was their chance to well, try and seize this move. I agree, and that's that's the other disturbing thing. They, their ambition did they really, destroyed them. Did they really believe what they were doing? Of course not. Well, then, then you know what? Well, especially the Cruz. Then what's so, the point? So here's the thing. I don't care whether I agree with you or not, but if you, if you, uh, if you are speaking from the heart, it makes your disagreement much easier for me to deal with because then I don't feel like you're a complete corrupt piece of crap. I feel like you're someone I just disagree with and you can be very honest. And I like that. But with, with Cruz and with Hawley, not only do I not think they believe this stuff, but I, 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 I think this just goes to show what utter uh, reprehensible cretins they are because they're doing something bad that they don't believe in. For personal gain, what what could be worse than that? I mean, you want to lead the free world by by uh, by trying to trample the very seat of freedom. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, that's a check. This box do not answer rest of the questions. Application denied, if ever there was one. But um, I don't know. I, I just I don't want to. I, I don't know. I do have a problem with broad brushing in general, and I don't. A lot of people want to just say, ah, Trump supporter, but it's not, that's not, that's not, that was not all Trump supporters. No, you know I, what I'm, I mean? I'm not condemning Trump supporters. I'm no, I just mean in general. marched on the Capitol and, and who. Some, why are we saying many Trump of, supporters? Many of whom. Why don't we say Republicans? Huh? I saw somebody, I saw uh, a story yesterday. Somebody made a very good point. We never said Obama supporters or Bush supporters or Reagan supporters. Well, because why do I we think, only say Trump supporters? Because it's, because I think those figures they're Republicans. Led, yeah, though, no, those people to be those other politicians led their party in a direction their party was was driving towards. I mean, Reagan was very Republican. Uh, Obama was very Democratic. Trump is. I mean, it's it's a different. I mean, he's he's brought people into the Republican Party who voted for Obama. I mean, how many people have you heard say, I voted for Obama, but I'm following That's Trump? That's a fairly small percentage. Brian Cash said that when he was on this but show. But it lets the party off the hook, right? In a way? Uh, well, you, I, I, you know, I always had a... Look, I voted Republican a lot in my life. Right. A lot. I voted in the Republican primary for Kasich when Trump was going against him. 
I want nothing to do with him. I want nothing to do with that faction. I mean, there's factions inside every party. Well, of course there are. I, and that's so I, I don't like broad brushing, you know. So the 70, how many people voted for him? 75, 73? 74.2 million. Yeah, 74 million people. They're all Trump supporters? Actually, I heard it was no. 150 million people. Those are 73, count them 74 million people that cast a Republican vote. I, I'm just, it's yeah. just interesting that we. But not all of them. A lot of people. Do, if you vote for them, you, you you either support them or you're, you, you're willing to. Uh, yeah, but look we, also the other saw, way for, we also saw there were people who didn't vote for them who voted for members of Congress and Senate. And that's sure. why they gained. That's true. That's why the Republicans gained seats in the House. But, but uh, so I, 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 think, I think Trump is on his way out. But I think what we should be concerned about is there are still people out there when Trump exits the stage who are going to who think it's perfectly appropriate to break into a public building and to make people, mothers, wives, hardworking people like Melissa and Ann Burke think that they are not going to go home. That when they send a text to their husband that says, I love you, that may be the last thing he reads. And I, and I, I can't even speak to those people because they, they don't appreciate that. But, but if, if you think what happened in Washington was okay – and and you listen to Melissa, and you still think it's okay, and you've decided you don't want to listen to this show anymore. See ya. Our, our, Eat our, it. I'll hold the door for you. Get the fuck out. Okay. Our, our form of government has been attacked before, right? And we'll, we'll keep nine eleven out of it. Totally different. But let's just say the shoe bomber guy. Remember Richard Reed right. or Abdul Muttalib, the underwear bomber. I mean, those those are attacks against our our government, and our way of life. Did you want all Muslims to be broad rushed then? No, because they're not all terrorist right and that's that's i don't know it, it's about the broad brushing bothers no me. no no. It's not like, all people that voted for trump support what happened last week in fact michael mentioned earlier i think it was 47 47 which is a big number but if you do the math 75 percent of the people in this country are aghast at what happened that's enough for us to move forward i know that other percentage is big and you're talking about millions of people mm -hmm. but i think there's enough people that were just stunned by what happened, right? Horrified by what happened, that we can move forward. It's not going to be easy. Well, and then we need to stop the what about. If it were 50-50, we would be fucked, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's not. This feels like the argument of the bartender who overserved somebody. They didn't expect a family to get killed when the drunk driver hit them, but, but they probably shouldn't have given them that much booze. I see Trump as the bartender, but I also know that uh, that he's overserved a few people. So that's time to time to do let, an early last call. Let me, let me read you two comments on Facebook Live that just came in. Are you going to discuss Portland? And then the next one is your hypocrisy is astounding, ML, which I, I assume is in regards to the and I and I don't like comparing these things, but the BLM protests to what happened, which then. were met by. Camouflage. Okay, so protests are protests. Military right? folks it's on the Capitol steps, it's, right? It's not okay that people broke buildings and smashed windows. That's not okay. It's not okay that they attacked a federal well, building in Portland. So, so let so me. I don't know what what the problem? Let, let is me there. let me address Portland first. Yeah, I, I don't full remember of proud boys and oh my god. I don't remember the governor of Oregon or the mayor of Portland saying, "Hey, I want a bunch of you crackpots to come and tear my town up." Because something was taken from me that wasn't taken from me, so but, that's. But wait a second, is they, are they complicit for letting oh, it happen he, no, and no, not no. cracking? No, down here's the so. difference between Portland and what happened at the Capitol. The president sent federal troops to Portland. He didn't send federal troops to the Capitol. That would have been a good time to send federal troops, right? And who were the folks fighting with in Portland? 
white supremacist group, Proud Boys groups, right? They, they were, that that was part of what was going on. It, that 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 became part of it. But I mean, they yes. were yes. So so and listen, I'm just going to tell you right now. I I don't condone violence and destruction done in Portland, just as I don't condone violence and destruction done in Seattle. That 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 free zone in Seattle. I mean, free from what? Free from common sense. Free from accountability? No way, man. Uh, free Starbucks? I don't care. I don't even drink you, coffee. And if, if the folks that want to equate a group of people out there, hundreds, millions of people out there protesting because they were trying to undo 400 fucking years of history, and some people on the side and all those movements breaking into some buildings, yes, looting is unfortunate. But to compare that to what just happened last week, get your blinders off. Well, so here's the hypocrisy. If you were appalled, Jesus. If you were appalled by what happened in Portland, you should be appalled by what happened Amen. in Washington. And, and I'll tell you, so somebody still wants to call me a hypocrite, that's fine. Uh, I'll just tell you this. Uh, in the first march, the first BLM march in Detroit on that Friday afternoon, I went with my daughters. I'm a journalist, so I can't participate in things like that. I, I put on my solo Detroit hat and some sunglasses, and I marched close enough to keep an eye on my daughters as they marched. And I said, if you see a bunch of people huddle up into a group, Anytime you see people cluster up, I want you to get as far away from that as possible. At some point, Detroit police started driving down Michigan Avenue. I think that was probably a strategic mistake, but at the time they were thinking we need to open up a lane for traffic. They were clustered. They were surrounded by cop cars. And if people think that this is me whistling Dixie after the fact, you can go back and check the podcast we did right after that. And when people started converging on the cop cars, I got in there to push people away from the cop cars when some of the cops were surrounded by the crowd and they started going for their tear gas, I told one of the sergeants, you know, just keep moving. We got your back. We're going to watch your six. We're going to get you out of here. And, and they got out of there and a terrible, terrible calamity was avoided. On that day, I worked to try and keep the peace. I'm not saying I'm a superhero. I'm just saying I'm one dude in a crowd. But I worked to protect the protesters, my daughter's and the police so that we could accomplish what needed to be accomplished. My daughters needed to march and express themselves. The police needed to do their job and get home to their daughters. And that's what we did. And throughout the marches that I participated in all summer as a member of the media, when the police got out of line, I reported it. When the marches got out of line, I reported it. When police were targeted, I found that reprehensible in Detroit. I find it reprehensible in Washington. And if you think that's hypocrisy, you don't know what the word means. You're so blinded by your own hatred and your ignorance that I feel like I've just wasted my time by even sharing that with you. I don't if even know. If you're the people out there who still have your mind open and your ears open, and you might not agree with us on everything, but there are some things that are just irrefutable. Police were attacked. Police were killed in Washington because of this. And if you say blue lives matter, they've got to matter in Washington, just like they married in Portland, in Seattle, in Kenosha, everywhere. That's not hypocrisy. That's truth. Yeah. And, but, and, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Do your break. That was a natural outcome. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not going to let that sit for a while. I think we can all agree that we, uh, if we need a Ford, there's a place we should go, maybe? I don't know. I'm trying to set you up for the read, because you haven't done it yet, have you? No, I was trying to put some time, some space between some, some I know. truly Sean decent ruined it. Let's just blame Sean. Yeah, with a great fault. American product. <laughs> yes, no, but I was actually going to say something about the country, and you made that all about you, but that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> 
but well, that's uh, but that's in okay. fairness in fairness to ML the question was the yeah, I, I was asking was a question somebody asked me but uh, no, I, know, I know so Sean I'm tell sorry. us I, I'm sorry what'd you, what'd you have for breakfast big feller <laughs> nothing oh okay. how about yeah. you tell us about Royal go Brian. to your break and uh, cut it out yeah. no 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 this 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 injustice will stand or what they say in the Big Lebowski this uh, such and such will <laughs> stand <laughs> oh yeah will not stand will not stand yeah <laughs> Okay, well... Uh, that was a fun start. Oh, boy. Um, you know, if you're looking for... <laughs> if you're looking for sense and reason, to just go take a, take a vacation for a little while. But if you do need a fine vehicle, or if you need service repairs, or even just a top-notch oil change, Roy O'Brien Ford is the place to go. It's, uh, it's a great place that's been doing business for 75 years from the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. And if you don't quite feel like taking that right track to Nine Mile and Mac there in St. Clair Shores, go to RoyO'Brien.com. If you're watching us on Facebook, you can see it, their website on your screen. If you're at home listening to this or on, in, uh, in your car or maybe you're, um, you're in a bathtub and you got the radio on, that's a terrible, terrible idea. But Roy O'Brien, R O Y O B R I E N dot com. Go there and check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options, but that's not all. You can pick your deal, lease, finance, or cash, get the value of your trade in, apply for financing, and schedule delivery of your ride. If you go in person, Roy O'Brien Ford is serious about protecting you and their employees. Yes, there is still a pandemic raging, but if you go there, they are wearing protective masks. There's ways to sanitize, there's ways to wash up. They want to protect you. They want to protect themselves. They want you to get a good deal, and then they want everybody to go home safely. So you can enjoy, enjoy that car because let me tell you something. If it's a Roy Brian Ford, it's going to go for 100,000 miles or more. My mom has a red. Is that the ML guarantee? Focus Ford. No, no. Ford, okay. Ford uh, you know, I have confidence in Ford, but I'm not here to promise things for other people. Uh, Ford Focus Wagon my mom bought there. It's got over 110,000 miles still chugging. Still going strong. So if you want to learn more, go to royobryan.com or call 888-566-5851. And when you call them, feel free to mention that Sean Windsor's best friend, ML Elric, told you <laughs> to give him a call. And, uh, and let them know that uh, they got a vending machine. Sean didn't have breakfast, so if you could, you know. Actually, no, I had a, get a, him a, a burrito bar and or I ate it in a Ford pickup truck. <laughs> so you lied to us. I won't change my lied mind on to anything. Us. Regardless of the facts that are set out before me, I'm dug in, and I'll never change. So before we get to our great debate, I, I just want to say something. I, I know that people are going to be upset about this and that, that they're going to say, well, you, you don't want me to listen, whatever. No, we want everybody to listen. We want people to be able to hear things they don't agree You're with. You're backtracking. No, I'm not. I, what I'm saying is we want to have a full and complete dialogue, and I just I hate the fact that some people like, I'm going to unfriend you, I'm going to block you, I'm going to just... You know, we should be able to talk even when we yeah. don't agree. And, and I... Um, I put something up on Twitter this weekend about, uh, you know, now we know who the real enemy of the people because, you know, I don't think the media had anything to do with that debacle. And I lost a bunch of Twitter followers and I put something up that said, oh, wow, well, who's the real snowflakes now? If you can't take a tweet, you're bailing out. And then somebody told me, well, you know, actually, Twitter is purging a lot yeah. of bots, so people are losing followers. And I apologize to people because, you know, who my favorite people I've already said on this show some of my favorite people are good losers because they don't blame everybody else for anything. But some of my pe favorite people in the whole world are people who don't agree with me and who we can still be friends and have a civil conversation. People like Sean Windsor. Uh, but uh, lots of people out there 
And I think we do need to keep talking. So I hope that uh, I hope that people will will keep their open mind. But I, I think well, if there's one person ta- they're looking to follow on Twitter, Mark, uh, that's going to be a little trickier. I was going to say, nobody's having a problem talking. It's the listening part of the conversation people seem to have trouble with. And honestly, for the great debate, I, I don't know how I feel about this. And I'm not talking legally. I'm talking about what the right thing to do. And that's in regards to Twitter banning, not, not the hate speech coming from um, you know, QAnon or whomever, but banning the president of the United States. And there, uh, and the other aspect do is um, Amazon Web Service, AWS, just kicking Parler off. Um, and Apple and Google kicked the, the app out of the store. And I just don't know if that's the right thing because now we're, we're having these big companies basically decide, you know, what speech is to a sense. I mean, Angela Merkel even said, Hey, banning the president, it's, it's, it's trouble. It's problem. It's a problem. It can be, you know, very troublesome going forward. Um, legally, I have no problem with it. I mean, that's, that's just the way the laws are written. They, they have, uh, you know, these rules that you have to adhere to. Now they probably should apply them to everybody equally. And I think that's legitimately why people have an issue with it. And you see people pointing out the Ayatollah still has a Twitter account. Well, you know what? He shouldn't. I mean, what is he best known for? It's hollering death to America. So I, I just didn't know how you guys felt about the fact that Twitter banned the president of the United States and the other companies basically booting Parler. Well, I, I'll just say this to Angela. Um, uh, you know, Germany has banned, uh, I, I believe, Deutschland, Uber Alice. You can't sing that in Germany. They've banned that that song because it was, and I'm trying Hate to look speech. it up right now. I may have it wrong, but it was it was a song that was associated with the Third Reich. Sure. And so so that song was 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 appropriated and is no longer able to be sung in uh, in Germany. And we don't have things like that in this country. But you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's limitations to everything. You can't call somebody and say, I'm going to rip your heart out, you SOB. But I'm not talking about the legality of it, right? And, and, and Craig even points out on Facebook, yeah, they're worried about being sued, and that's part of the whole section, uh, was it 230, where you guys better start policing yourselves. Well, your, your liability is waived, but you got to do a better job policing yourselves. It's just, should they have banned the president? So I always believe that you protect the extreme, or you tolerate the extreme to protect the routine. And we read just about everything people send us here on the show. Yeah, no matter how but painful. If, but if somebody sends me something, I mean, half the stuff we read criticizes us. Sure. But if somebody sends us something that says, uh, I want everybody to meet me at such and such a place, at such and such a day, and such and such a time, because we're going to go get such and such, we are not going to read that shit, because we are not going to be a bullhorn for, for the hateful and the depraved and the soulless. And if you have a company and you realize that you have become uh, a part of the problem or you, you've, you've enabled part of the problem, uh, I think you have a right as a business to decide you are not going to... Now, again, we, ho- I think we agree on this show that those businesses should be regulated. I think we agree with Trump that there should be some more restrictions where these social media platforms have to have more responsibility for what's published on them. But here's the irony where they're, sh- they're taking some responsibility now they're being criticized. How do you like them apples? Well, that's what I was talking about. And the ACLU says, look, I think the word was indispensable. Twitter is indispensable now, which we can argue about that. But you know what? There is- I-, I could do very well without Twitter. Thank you very much. Uh, I think the world probably 
would be better without Twitter. Having but, said that, you can follow me at Elric, E-L-R-I-C-K on Twitter. <laughs> but there's a clear lack of competition in that world. Well, that's an antitrust issue, right? I mean, why are we allowing Google and Amazon to buy everything up? I, I, well, I, you're allowed to buy it up if it is better for the consumer. You're not allowed to buy it up if uh, you're just trying to get rid of competition. And that Facebook's going to have their reckoning in regards to Instagram and WhatsApp, but Twitter? Facebook has screwed us. They, they've blocked us from putting our website on Facebook, and there's no there's no recourse. We well, can't appeal let, that. Let me, let me simplify the argument. If you're, you're Jack Dorsey, you're in charge of Twitter, do you ban the president? If you're going by your own policy? Yeah. You have to. Yeah, I mean... And, this, and it sucks that, that no, that's No, he's, he's violated the terms of service. If I'm... Yeah, it, as, his, as Sean his, said, his, I understand that, but the terms his, of service are violated every day they by are. multiple his, people. And that's starting. They're starting to change that too. I saw this morning seventy thousand QAnon QAnon followers yes. have been purged. That's why I lost half my followers. His the, oh damn the, Q. the disinformation, misinformation, lying. Let's just call it lying. And since November third, has had an effect, right? I'm talking about from Trump and his Twitter account. How many times did he tweet? And you saw right under it. Basically, this isn't true. Sure. The, is a private company they're allowed to do that? Look, is, it, is it lying if he believes it? <laughs> What are you, George Costanza? But, you, but then you call it disinformation, good point. right? I mean, where's mass? No, so I know. Fine. They, Don't call it a lie. Call it misinformation. Okay. And it's had. Uh, they labeled it, but though they did, but the effect of that led to last week. I would also say, look, the Detroit Free Press started allowing comments on the on the bottom of their stories. What, fifteen years ago? Sure. Whenever, whenever we started kind of communicating this way, they police it. Most most media. Uh, media organizations do. They don't allow you to sit and cuss each other out and kind of be rude. They try to, maybe some places police it better than others, but to me it's no different. It's just, a, it's a private company so you're going to have to show some respect, right? But I mean, is, I know, I know we don't like that. You it could, is different. He's the President of the United States and I know that's what people, because I always felt he should have acted differently because he is President of the United States and people disagree with that and that's fine, but he still that that position is something special and important. I agree. I, I, look, don't get me wrong. He can get a message out anytime he wants. Yeah, he can, walk into, no the, he can walk into the the briefing room anytime he wants. But how how crazy is it, it right now that in our country, as a matter of national security, it's private companies that are stepping up. What well, the, um, the, the and fact not the federal is, government who didn't send troops by the way last well, week. Well, the, the federal government is rights. always going to be behind technology because. Who in, who in Congress understands technology? I think there's only two or three that have a background in tech in general. You know, a lot John of Thurman did. He knew that telegraph <laughs> backwards and forwards. So the control and the policing of it will always start with the company themselves. I, I think maybe getting rid of Parler, kicking Parler off AWS is, is a bigger because there's people that use it apparently that were not. Uh, participating in hate speech, that were not planning riots. Because have family can, that does. We can all agree that that's insane and that's it's not that is not protected speech facebook's the bigger issue with all that though right that's where folks gather oh i think facebook is worse <laughs> i kind of think it's worse than parlor because you can make groups and private groups i mean we saw it with the guys that wanted to kidnap whitmer and I mean, mike very tight private group absolutely mike's going to talk about this i think in the geek of the week i mean oh, right? okay. it's sort of tied into that a little bit but uh well the, my problem with these companies is should should uh, do they have the right to uh, turn Trump off, yeah, I, I believe they do. But yeah. here's where my problem is with the company: is if 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 you're turning him off because you're following your corporate policy, you need to follow that corporate policy down the line. Exactly. I've, I do. I've been I agree. threatened on Twitter 
My family's been threatened on Twitter. I flagged it for Twitter, and Twitter basically said, what's the problem? I said, my family's been threatened. They're saying, this is where your kids go to school. I'm going to find them. And and you don't see that as threatening, and Twitter's just like, no, no, I don't. And And actually, I give Twitter some credit because Facebook has blocked our website for no reason. They've given us no reason. And when we try and say, dude, can we talk about this? There's no mechanism to do that. These companies have been allowed to make millions and billions with no accountability. And when Mark Zuckerberg sits in front of Karen and says, uh, I, I think the answer is AI. Oh, great. Okay. Well, why don't you get your ASS over to the AI and put it in place right now? Because in the meantime, you're, you're, you're a monster. You're just making millions and ruining our country. And if you say it's too expensive to follow your own policies, well, you got to change your own policies or you got to give up some of those profits. So, uh, so uh, Twitter, Facebook, you're our Geek of the Week. Oh, no, it's not Geek of the Week. Damn it. I hate you guys. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Boy, it feels like we should just go right to Matt. Um, but first, I want to tell you about another one of our friends who's also not funny, but he's very serious. He's very serious about trying to save you money. That Shots is, on Matt already started. Wow. What? Okay. Oh, sorry. It's, uh, it's, um, uh, he's not listening right now. He's he's dancing, um, which uh, is was troubling in, in a whole yeah. new way. <laughs> Anyways, Hall Financial um, wants uh, to uh, wants to help you save money. We appreciate them supporting us. And supporting people who look to save some dough by refinancing or maybe using them to get their first loan uh, to close that deal. Rates are currently in the twos, so call today and find out how much of a, a refi could save you every month. Just click the link on our website to get started or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. And when you call, ask for my man Dan Morrison. Tell him you want him to save you some money right effing now. And uh, make sure you let him know that. Old ML Elric sent you his way. That's Hall Financial. Beautiful. Lower rates, better deals. Twisted pig's ear, listen to him squeal. I don't know what, is, <laughs> what do we got there. That's it. They said they said make this your own. That was probably bad bad judgment by, Just our, call by our advertising staff. Two four eight three zero eight five thousand. Over two thousand five star reviews. That's for real. I know because I think I put a couple in there myself. So who's going first, Geek of the Week? You go ahead. You want me to go ahead? I struggled this week because I saw I'm, – I'm like, I just want to stay away from politics for Geek of the Week because uh, I figured we'd talk enough about it anyway and just do something different. I saw this headline. Jim Harbaugh. No. Sorry, I just walked the nomination on the floor, but okay, go ahead. Sorry. So I, I saw this headline that said, manatee graffitied. Like someone graffitied a manatee, right? Which I'm like, what an asshole. Sea cow? Like who, who would do that, right? And I'm like, oh, this is a perfect Geek of the Week. Easy guy to pile on. I think we can agree. <laughs> And then I find out that the graffiti he, he or she uh, put on this manatee was the word Trump. So I'm like, okay, that one's, I don't even want to touch that one. There we go. You can't even graffiti somebody without it, or graffiti an animal without making that political. Um, so then I went to look at the college football championship yesterday. And I think the geek of the week is going to be me, mainly because. What, what are you taking a page from Windsor's well, book? Kind of, because I. Well, then I, I second the nomination. I saw, I saw the celebration in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, there, there's this little COVID thing going on. And to see, you know, a lot of young people probably, you know, there's probably some asymptomatic people in there uh, partying and having a blast because they're team one, which I immediately was jealous of. But then I figured I'm just the geek of the week 
for maybe adhering to um, all the rules and regulations regarding COVID. So, Mark, you know so that I, I believe in social distancing and masking and things like that. But I just want you to ask yourself, when is the next time these kids in Alabama are going to get to celebrate a national championship? It may never happen again for the next <laughs> yeah, 11 right. months Only seven times and 29 days. Years. So I'm going to go with myself. Go ahead. You're the, you're the geek of the week for uh, Jeez, following what, science. This segment's over. It's, yeah, pretty much. I, was, I feel like an idiot for just doing what I was told to do. I was thinking about, uh, you know, the QAnon sh- shaman, Jake oh. uh, Angeli. You mean the Antifa guy? Angeli. Angeli. Yeah, the, who wore the bullhorns in the... Uh, yeah. Loyal Order of Buffaloes. I saw him on the Flintstones. Exactly. Fun, no, fa- the fun fact about him, he has not eaten since he's been arrested due to... Diet restrictions. Lack of organic food. Exactly. I saw that. But so, no, I saw that coming. I, I, and, I, and I had the whole thing, whatever. But no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you, Mark. Sorry, oh. Mike. This is how it be. This is how it goes. I'm making myself the geek Again? of the week, too. Because I lost my uh, cool a little bit earlier in this show. Oh, that's okay. And uh, I used some sl- some swear words, which I don't necessarily like to do, especially in this format. But oh, more bullshit. than that. Bullshit. More than that, yeah. I, yeah, I got a little bit too. Church. A little bit too. Here's the thing. If we, and I don't want to get back to the the great debate, but this is why I'm the look. Facebook, Twitter, all the all the social media. There, there's a lot of good that's come out of it, but it's also allowed us to separate uh, for further from each other. Sure. And I was thinking about that earlier when I got a little bit too worked up, and uh, and, and we can't do that. I'm 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 a hypocrite in that in that sense. I'm defeating my own. Sort of uh, uh, value system it is so, indispensable. So, so yeah, me, exactly. Me, so I am uh, also my own geek of the week. <laughs> let, me, let me break the show. Maybe I'll, go, down. maybe I'll go back to the manatee guy. Then let me no, break no. the show down real quickly. We just went from our great debate that ended with geek of the week, and we went into our horrible debate, which is supposed to be geek of the week. But I'm, I'm gonna, I like Melissa Nan Burke. I'm gonna ignore the graffiti in the Capitol that says "murder the media." That was real, and I, I think I think that's more than yeah. just an idle idle piece of scribbling but i am going to i am going to persevere endeavor to persevere like chief dan george in uh, the outlaw josie wales and i'm going to give you my geek of the week and it's uh, milford conservatives matter a group recently joined by the incoming chairwoman of the michigan republican party who was at the capitol um they still believe the election was stolen so uh, but i'm not going to fault them for being uh, among the biggest collection of flat earthers uh, i've ever seen but I think, yeah, don't fault them for that. I think that they deserve this because of something Sean said just a minute ago. Uh, they said the reason why they formed their own group is because I'd love to leave all the political stuff aside, but I'm tired of hearing from the left, especially. The Free Press's Claire Hendrickson writes that the group was also has also discussed whether civil war is coming, with some members expressing enthusiasm for that. Well, that that in and of itself is just outrageous. But while that should be more than enough to break your heart, the real problem is that at a time we should be finding ways to come together. The new chair of the state Republican Party is throwing her support behind a bunch of cranks who apparently do not want to build one country, one Michigan, even one Milford. And that bothers me because how can anyone find common ground if they don't even want to listen to someone who disagrees with them? That is about as un-American as it gets. And so Milford, hold on, Mark, hold on. Yeah. Stay that, stay that button. Milford conservatives matter. I'm not particularly fond of you. You're a geek of the week. (laughs) The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too soft. 
I'm gonna pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. So before we get to our own uh, our own uh, shaper of history, let's let's refer to him by uh, Secret Service call sign. Let's call him Ronald Chump, Mister, uh, also known as Mister Matt Jennings. We want to tell you about a guy who, uh, through thick and thin, high and low, he's a guy you can trust. He's the place to go. And that little bit of dog roll is brought to you by Mr. Luke Nowacki. Uh, Mark, think, tell us something well, else about I think we've friend. all seen a lot of uh, overreacting everywhere over the past week. And I got to tell you. Sell, sell. Overreaction. Why? It, it's not the, you know, it's funny. The market really didn't seem to care what happened in the Capitol. They're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just move forward with this. Uh, we got money to make. Because the rich guys always win. Well, no, I feel like you know they hate they hate uncertainty, right? The market just does not like it, and I think they were pretty certain that oh yeah, this is going to go nowhere. Um, but overreaction, it's not a strategy if you're a long term investor, and if you don't have a strategy, you got to call our buddy Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. He will provide calm, rational advice regarding everything going on with um, the insurrection or with coronavirus. Uh, what does it mean right now? What is it going to mean six months from now? What does it mean with a new administration? Stocks, bonds, 401k, college savings plans, uh, 529s. Your head is spinning. So get advice and get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. You know, even when the world is not on fire, it's a good idea to have a guy like Luke in your corner. Oh, yeah. That's right. uh, Because there's a lot to keep an eye on and uh, let him do the heavy lifting. He's He's a good dude. He's Mm -hmm. got broad shoulders. He can do it. He can do heavy lifting too. He's huge. He's been. Good. He works out all the time. He bench could, pressed a thousand pounds. Could people just see what Matt was doing, or was that? You no, know, they could see him dancing. Okay, you don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Joey Zuber in the background who makes it all happen. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about Joe. Joe's just like, don't mention me. I just can't leave. If you <laughs> leave me out of this, I'd, I'd really appreciate. Well, he doesn't it. talk, so you, you would never know. Joe speaks with pants his either. actions. That speaks louder. Than see, he's not even talking. All right, Matt, what do you got today? Well, I've got uh, quite a few. I've been working very hard to try and uh, Sweet uh, settle settle down the uh, the anger and hatred towards pretty much everybody in the world back and forth. So my job is to, oh, thank you. My job is to bring everybody together and hate my jokes. That's okay. one thing that everybody can agree on. How okay. about do your job and stop telling us about your job? <laughs> Yikes. Well, I think, uh, I think, I think Sean needs to go use that uh, bathroom break. There's a... Uh, there is a uh, empty don't. coffee can in the green room you can use if you want. They're just trying to throw you off your game. Yeah, coincidentally, uh, Matt's Geek of the Week was Mark and Sean. Oh, good. Thank so you. It, and you. We, we, have a, we have a quorum. And ML. He was at the what? Pinnacle. Oh, oh, there you go. That was how Jeez. I ended the Geek of the Week yeah, segment. But, Mike but would he, never he won't ever let me talk. Matt, you're yeah. supposed to know who's on your side. Mike would never him make on your himself. Side. Time for room 7609. <laughs> <laughs> Your history on my side. He just was, though, and then you pointed out how much he isn't. I'm the Mike Pence of your world. Yeah, that's true. You are my Mike Pence, and I love you for that. I don't even know. You're my you're my sweet prince. By the way, Mike Pence still has his Twitter. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I I wish I was the Mike Pence because that means you wouldn't have talked to me for a week. (laughs) Okay, I won't call you this next week. I'll just I'll just write my jokes and bring them on the show. 
Uh, when are you going to do? Are you going to do today's? We'll 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 be taking a week off. Oh yeah, folks. No, this is going to be next year. I'm doing next week's right now. You ready? Right, go for it. What happened? Okay, this week in, in that, history. No, yeah, what didn't happen? I guess we should say. Okay, this is what didn't happen this week in soft history. In 1942, Ford Motor Company patented the first car made of plastic derived from soybeans. Hmm. Interesting. And it operated. Yeah, it operated on less weight, less fuel, and a deep hatred for Longhorn Steakhouse. That was so funny. So funny. You said you got a lot of these? Is that Calm said? down, guys. Calm down. How many are we thinking? Because uh, I'm going to let you guys catch your breath. Uh, I, I, just, I just need enough time to get my car running in a garage. <laughs> well, so do you want to put a garden in hose in the And end in my window? suffering. Don't, yes. let, yeah. don't let it linger. Next. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Drew, turn the stove on. I'll be right up. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> He's already got his head in it. In 1957, Whammo began producing the Pluto Platter. But due to sales, they changed it from a toy to a sport and started producing the, anybody got an idea? Uh, frisbee. Yeah, the Frisbee. <laughs> it reminds me of a Hasbro, you know, when they, they took the Transformers and changed it from a toy to a, <laughs> a terrible tra- franchise. 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 What is going on? What is just? Know. What is happening? I'm having, a, I'm having like a million mini strokes. Yeah, Optimus, whatever the op- opposite of Prime is. What was that? What just happened? I think he was changing shape I transformed from, into a from someone idiot, who's John. not funny to someone who's he flubbed not. the punchline. Yeah, <laughs> I, I flubbed it. <laughs> ah, Bumblebee. Okay, right now Bumblebee to do is, is to... driving towards you at a furious rate. When you flub a punchline, oh. the best thing to do is point it out and keep talking about it. Hey, Mark, should I power through? Yes. Okay, three more. 94. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Let's go one at a time. Let's not assume anything. (laughs) Okay, in 94, Nancy Kerrigan's attacker, Shane Stant. Oh, yeah. Remember Shane. Was arrested and charged with conspiracy to go clubbing with Tanya Harding. (laughs) (laughs) That was solid. You bought one more joke. That was was solid. Yeah, that's how. You bought one more joke. That's funny. That's how we should do it going forward is you can keep telling jokes as long as you make one of us laugh, maybe two of us laugh. Okay. And and that's out of our 10,000 listeners. Hey, you still going to su- be touch and go, son. <laughs> okay, the southern hemisphere We're of Venus. down to 9,000, by the way. No, probably six. 8,000. Yeah, well, now, I mean, they never make it this 7,000. Deploy drag <laughs> shoot, 5,000. Next week, we'll have 1,500. You know, I okay. actually was in Boston when You Nancy actually told Kerry people not to there. listen today. Sorry. Who did? You did. Oh, really? I don't care if you listen or not, you said. And I'm cussing them out. Yeah, that was a good strategy. We don't have any sponsors. What are we doing? You're running for city council. It's called counterintuitive marketing, Sean. Come on. <laughs> it's never worked, hey guys, but we're the ones that make it work. It's just crazy hey, enough that it might work this time. Hey, guys, I know my oh. light bulb isn't bright, but will you let me shine, please? Uh, yeah, let's go ready, kilowatt. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, actually, I, it's, I, think, uh, I think you're known in the, in the business ready, kill a punchline. <laughs> Good. Well, Come on, I'm about homophobe. to kill this, this piece. I got two more. The Southern Hemisphere uh, of Venus. This goes those assumptions again. Yeah. Southern, the Southern Hemisphere of Venus. Venus. If this Suddenly ends with another planet I'm thinking of, you're done. It, don't worry. Okay. The, uh, the Southern Hemisphere of Venus suddenly brightened due to a furious spike in aerosol levels caused by Bon Jovi's hairspray. Oh, boy. It really travels. You know what? You may not like, Mark, you may not like that. When, when I read that, I was like, oh, wow, 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 oh,
I didn't know what else to do. Yes, he's do we not have like a mute button? <laughs> he is unwanted, dead or alive. <laughs> I'm just laughing because Saeed on uh, Facebook Live wrote, You give jokes a bad name. (laughs) That's clever. (laughs) That was better than any of Matt's jokes. (laughs) Clever. Oh, that was Uh, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Matty. Oh, God, that's a good one, though. Uh, you I know want, Mike, I want you to have the lever like Graham Norton, you know, the British uh, yeah. talk show host. No. Somebody sits in a chair, and they try to tell a story, and if it's not interesting, they pulls a lever, and they fall back out of it. This would be a three-minute show. We need a similar situation <laughs> for Maddie. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Nick Morgis wrote, run away from those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> She's a little run away. Oh, uh, <laughs> Del Shannon is glad he's dead. Well, no, that's a Bon Jovi song, too. I know. It, it's, it was it a was Del released, Shannon song. I, he covered it. Okay, great. Matt's going back to the no. 80s through material, and no. you're going back to the 60s. Two, two totally different things. Does songs. anybody live in 2021 here? Runaway is My a little runaway, run, 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 run. And then Bon Jovi's was the one Sean was just singing. Which one was it? Oh, I forgot. Ooh, she's a, a little runaway. Okay, yeah. sir. That's like the only good song they ever had. What? Come on, man. It's my hey. life. It's now or never. That oh, was yeah. not good. Yeah, no. That hey, you guys love me and bleed. you know it. What? I thought he was muted. Somebody. Yeah, that's making my ears. Right, he's muted now. Thank you. <laughs> poor Matt. The problem is the mute. I say poor Matt, but really. Uh, the mute is automatic. Maybe you should look in the mute. It's supposed what? to go off when he tells a joke, but it doesn't detect the humor, so it's still on. You know, it's just sort of. <laughs> oh, a, that's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's not uh, bad. You thought of that all on your own? It's a thinker. That's, wow. uh, actually, I got a whole list of my. <laughs> there's a whole rich history of things. Say, Did you write to, them all down? Yeah, it says what to say when Matt's not funny. I got about a thousand on here. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm halfway through. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, I just Tanya want more Harding and, and Tanya Harding, of course. One. That that kind of tied back to Benny Napoleon, who was uh, the chief when they cracked the case at the Joe Louis Arena. So we're very self-referential. When you're out on the stump, are you going to tell jokes? And try to be funny. It, it, funny it feels man. it feels like I've given people no reason to think that i can improve the quality of life anywhere after after the last 20 minutes okay. it's, uh, this podcast exhibit a yeah this is this is it um so uh, yeah room 7609 oh, yeah, i'm sorry I, I forgot i i went into uh i was in the fetal position there for a minute but uh, as you know uh we love to get your nominations for underappreciated new wave bands or hidden gems from new wave acts that you thought you knew so well well, this week, Deep Cut Dave appropriately recommends a song called Tyranny, but not as a political principle. It's just a little ditty by a group called The Stabilizers. Are you going to walk it up? you got about 20 more seconds. And The Stabilizers <laughs> like to play music. Music that starts with a synthesizer and then goes into some words that sound exactly like the words you're about to hear. Yeah. So welcome right. inside room 7609 here on ML's Soul of Detroit podcast.
So what do you think, boys? The stabilizers? Are you surprised you've never heard them before? I haven't, still uh, haven't heard them. Yeah. <laughs> really? This, it's got kind of a nice sort of poppy anthem to it. I don't it, know. I thought I was watching a video with a lot of fog and oh, you know, sacks. blowed out hair. And well, I'll, I'll tell you something about hair. Oh, videos and the stabilizers. Their big hit, I, I hesitate to term it as such, was one simple thing. It was a video directed by David Fincher, who, if you know David yeah. Fincher. Oh, yeah. Or if you don't know David Fincher, you know his work: Alien Three, Seven, Seven yeah. and Fight Club. Yeah. So, uh, Social Network. Tyranny was. They had a video directed by David Hogan, who you don't know because right now he's uh, he's the he's girl with the dragon you tattoo. If you want to supersize it, but um, but yeah, so uh, that is, Zodiac. Uh, who David Hogan? No, I'm just mentioning oh. David Fincher movies. <laughs> oh, movies. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So you're kind of. A, I, Finch he's head, kind of amazing, yeah. Sure By the way, in this video he directed, did the, did the guys have high cheekbones that were highlighted with little rouge? And ah. was the hair blown out? Well, he, he fog. directed a fog machine. Right? He directed one simple thing, not the tyranny video. So that reminds me, did you like Simple Minds? I I'm not saying I, you're I, one. I did not but did you like Simple care Minds? For Simple Minds, okay. Really? A little too musical for you. What about their big? Uh, what's the big? Uh, uh, red. Uh, hold back the tears. Don't hold you forget about me. about me. That actually, oh no, that's a different one. That is not a Simple Minds song. It was performed by Simple Minds, but it was written by somebody else, and they themselves didn't like it. Um, the one so, song. So they, you're discrediting they, for their taste. I kind of like them. Is I, I kind of like Alive and Kicking, but uh, Don't You Forget oh, About Me bad. was my high school senior class anthem. anthem. And, well, uh, whose wasn't, right? It was just, yeah, I mean, I just, by the time you've heard it a million times, you're like, okay. Where was that, that's by the way? such a good song, though. What's that? Your high school. It was at Gross Point South. Oh, okay. You, you, you went to the... <laughs> I, no, I was trying to think it was... You the answer. I couldn't remember if it was New Hampshire or Chicago. Yes, it was... Uh, such I, a liar. I, I, I had hoped to graduate from <laughs> no, the, actually, uh, from the juvenile detention facility where you uh, matriculated, but they, they wouldn't let me in because I was just... Well, I appreciate you bringing me and slipping me peanut butter and banana sandwiches. What are you, Elvis now? I like a little honey on it, too. You know? <laughs> okay, well, we thought this show was going too long. There's proof. Um, <laughs> that's Room 7609. Uh, please send us your nominations. We would love to hear your favorite new wave band that nobody else knows about. Or your favorite B-side, or maybe a deep cut from uh, a new wave band that everybody 
thinks they know all their greatest hits. Well, maybe there's one that was overlooked. We want to feature that here in room. Of course, we seven do. six. I appreciate. It. I don't know a lot of these bands. Or yeah, I would. I mean, who wants to listen to stuff that you like to listen to? I mean, <laughs> by all means, hey, let's. Hey. <laughs> I like. To, I'll hear opinions from every which way, including in music. No, oh, yeah, but if we could just—you have a, a beautiful, huge board over there. You could listen to. You could let us listen to what five, six seconds of it, and then we could move on to something else. Ah. A little bit of a medley, maybe. So there's. Let me just let me just kind of recap just the power show. Through. Sean thinks that everybody should be heard and listened to, and has a right to say something unless he doesn't like them. Ah. No, everybody should it? be heard. No, we're we not got? talking about people. We're talking about whatever that was we just listened to. Uh, I just took a fifty-three percent of the people. Uh, didn't like the stabilizers either, but Sean, that no, it was beautiful. Percent, he's going beautiful. So, yeah. Dave, thank you very much. It was much. great. It was awesome. Thank you, Dave. Like Matt's jokes. Send your nominations to <laughs> mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. That's mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. Or you can give us a call and leave a suggestion on our voicemail, or you can just leave a message on our voicemail. That number is 313 288 That's Butterfield 89070. We want to thank the people who support this show. Uh, we're not using their last names because we're afraid they may ask for a refund after what's happened over the last half hour. Melissa was great. After that, I don't know She's what She's good, yeah. We but, should have uh, stopped there. I know. We should have. The smart man knows when not to have that last beer. Um, uh, many thanks to Repeat O-Funder. Sort of play on O-Fender. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, Matt liked that one, right? Okay, so that wasn't funny. Okay, uh, Francis C. And uh, Benefactor William, who writes, Gentlemen. And then doesn't write anything else. So thanks for the dough and the mystery. Uh, Mark, how do people donate to this? Um, oh, this do you have a PayPal uh, account? You, guys, you have to have that. You can just go to mlsolodetroit.com. little donate button will open up uh, your PayPal window to give us all your money or none of it. Yeah, normally we tell you to mention us when you contact our sponsors, but uh, maybe this week just just pretend nothing happened. Just, just go to tell, them, tell them Drew sent you. Beautiful. Yeah, just go in there and see. Drew was my pal. Um, if you are proud of our fine wear, our, uh, today I'm sporting the hat and the long sleeve T-shirt. We have hoodies, long sleeve T-shirts, beanies, uh, hats, masks, gaiters, keychains, T-shirts, hockey jerseys, stickers, and even signed Kwame Sutras and sweet-ass neon clocks in two sizes suitable for any wall that you wish to uh, light up. What else do we have? Uh, Toilet seat warmers? Uh, well, I think we're going to leave that to people to heat up on their own. We do believe in, in uh, you know, some level of, of self-support, uh, some okay. self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. But you can find those at drewandmikestore.com. Uh, we'd appreciate if you would subscribe to the show, share the show, rate the show. Uh, maybe give us a week off on that one. And, uh, and just flat out let oh, us know uh, what you think. Uh, and, uh, and if you think we are hypocrites and you disagree with us, that's fine. Please reach out to us. Let's have that conversation. I, I hope review us a five star and then rip us to shreds. Yeah, that's I, right. I, I yeah, do. Please do that. I yeah, I do hope that uh, we will have nothing political to talk about next week. I really don't like to talk Unlikely. about politics, but uh, <laughs> but we do. Part of this show is to take you inside and to tell you stories you won't get anywhere else. And when we have an opportunity to talk to somebody who I witnessed uh, one of the one of the episodes in American history that will be will be talked about for a long, long time, I dare say centuries, uh, we got to do it. So next week, we hope to uh, change things up a little bit. But but if you want to talk about it, send us send us an email, leave us a voicemail. You know, we're going to share it because because we don't hide from anything, even when maybe we should keep our head down and pretend 
that there are some topics that are too hot to handle. We're just not going to do that. And hopefully, whether you agree with us or not, hopefully you respect that. But, um, but you know, what can I tell you? That's, that's your whole thing. And right on cue, uh, Katrina, who saw my promo for the show, writes, Happy New Year. Please don't spend the entire episode on that invasion crap. Sorry. I understand. Sorry, Sorry, Katrina. We kind of. There's a lot of exhaustion with it. We kind of, kind of blew that. Um, Any of these topics are worthy of discussion. As charming and as personable as he is, Chief Craig is a total failure, isn't he? Between his Detroit wages and pension, he's probably hauling in around $400,000, $500,000 a year. We're going to be number one most violent again. Well, it, it is true. Yeah. And even the Chief has acknowledged that this has been an incredibly deadly year. I wish I knew what the solution to that was. But, you know, we had Chief Craig on the show. And I think uh, maybe we bring him back just to talk about what can you possibly do to reduce this violence. A lot of it's been blamed on the pandemic, but hopefully we're going to get our vaccinations. Please get your vaccination as soon as possible. And um, and then when we can get back to what used to be normal, maybe he can come in and explain what he plans to do to make this city safer. I, I understand what she's saying. You see somebody get paid that much, you probably shouldn't be number one and most violent. But I don't know if I'd describe him as a total failure. Uh, no, well, I, I like the job he's doing, but the numbers are not good regarding shootings. Sure, but we we talked about Portland. I mentioned Kenosha. We brought up Seattle. That did not happen in Detroit, and yeah. it's largely because of the way the police and city officials handle themselves. And I, I do think protesters deserve some credit too, because they did not try and destroy things in the city of Detroit when there was a clash between protesters and police in Detroit, it's because protesters were blocking traffic. Whether they should have been able to do that or not is a topic for a whole nother show, but both police and protesters deserve credit for Detroit not becoming Portland, for Detroit not becoming Seattle, for Detroit not becoming Kenosha, for Detroit not becoming Minneapolis. And when you look at all the things Detroit did not become this summer, for a city that always thinks it should be more like others, I think we can be pretty damn proud of that. So... So uh, pat yourself on the back, Detroit. Um, Reading between the lines, it sure seems North American International Auto Show is canceled forever. I I don't think so. Oh, I I kind of agree with her there. Oh, dear. Something's happening with it. I mean, it's not happening this year. It seems to be losing power and prestige every year. Well, it is getting chipped away at by the other auto shows. And uh, and the whole way the auto industry works is different. You know, I I think if, if people are interested in that topic, Send us an email or, or give us a voicemail or put something on our social media page. You can put it on my Facebook page, ML, no periods, Elric, or on Twitter, at Elric. And we will get somebody in from the free press to talk about what really is going on there and get some of those insights because uh, the free press has some tremendous auto writers from our auto critic or for, from their auto critic. I don't work there anymore. Mark Phelan to, uh, to uh, uh, Phoebe Wall Howard to Jamie LaRue. And, uh, and Does Eric Phoebe Morris. write um, the most uh, articles, or do I just see the most of the articles? Oh, she's a machine, she's and very, it's every topic. It's she's insane. A she's very peripatetic. She sees something what? interesting. She's what? I was, Sean's supposed to jump on me. No, Is that not, five million dollar word? Say a polysyllabic word. That means multi. I know polysyllabic. Oh, okay. Okay. What was the word before she, it? Peripatetic. Peripatetic. It means no, she. No she. She has a. Uh, she's. It means she's walking. He misused the word. What he really meant to say was that she's a machine. That's a lot simpler. Yeah, Thank on. you, Hemingway. Yeah. Yeah. Hemingway would not use that. Oh, no, God, no. He would have said walking. Let, exactly. me, let me get this straight. Sean, who wants to humanize somebody, just called a woman a machine. <laughs> what is going on over there? 
Yeah, are machine's your, don't have gender. She's relentless. Are, are, your, uh, she's are your fabulous are supporter? Your vegan sandals getting a little too tight? Vegan sandals. Yeah, it's made out of. Uh, it's not made out of. Cow I'm, I'm talking about the McRib a few weeks ago, and you're talking that's, about. There's no vegan meat in sandals. that. There's no meat in that. No, there's some kind of watch meat. Watch yourself. Yeah, there is. Uh, some kind of meat. That's just what I want to put God, in. How long do we have to sit here, Mark? I, I mean, aren't know. we done yet? I don't know. Okay, so uh, quickly, Katrina's got a lot of good stuff to talk about. I know, about. save it for uh, next week. Yeah, She's basically on, laid out the any, next show. Any insights on the official census count for Detroit? 550,000. No, I think it'll be higher. The mayor wouldn't say what he thinks it's going to be. Oh, yeah, that's and fascinating. I wish he, he would have. <laughs> um, skyscraper, Hudson still not standing. Uh, yeah, we talked about that before. I refer you to an earlier show. No mention of U of M Innovation Center and University Regents Minutes. That's I don't know if that's true, but that's pretty interesting because remember oh, that was supposed yeah. to be where we're going to get the uh, the soccer stadium. Katrina needs her own show, man. She's got, she's no, got good topics. Yeah, she she's also going to keep us here another hour. Thank you, Katrina. Well, Katrina, I'm with. But you. mostly, thank Mike. <laughs> I, no, I'm with Wait, her. Katrina, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up on the rest. Should have done this at the beginning of the show, and we had a full show. Katrina, you and I have lost the room. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get back to this next week. Maria asks <laughs> the government of East Turkestan to U.S. Remember China's atrocities. That may have been spam. Uh, Dave says, congratulations on the city council run, by the way. I think you'll effing rock it. Notice how he picked up his uh, voice there when he was reading about himself. <laughs> I was just sharing what Dave spun. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you want to support excited. my city council campaign, we'll have a link on the website. God, I wonder what you sound like when you're standing in front of a mirror. To donate. Um, you know, and, Can and you I, contain your glee? When I say I'd like you to contribute, what I mean is I want you to do the exact opposite of what Sean does in this show every week. I would like you to oh. contribute. Um, uh, regular correspondent <laughs> Kyle is back with hearing you talk uh, about Buicks made me realize something. You are a man of the people with exquisite taste. Maybe you are setting your political sights too low. City council seems beneath a Buick man. <laughs> You'll be better equipped to be governor or hold us hold both u.s senate seats i don't know how that's gonna work now that's one cheek for each seat the show never disappoints like a buick buick's made in flint like me and the show has been heavy on the norwegian talk lately keep it up this i think he he means viking has ties to bergen and loves it norwegian kyle from flint like buick's and my norwegian family which kind of makes me wonder whether kyle's been hacking into my computer knows that i've been a big Roiksop kick for the past month or so. And if, if that's true, then back up, big fella. It's a little, little creepy. Paul gushes. Hey, ML. Mark! What? Sean and Professor J- Roiskop. You know Roiskop? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, just keep moving. They do the, the yeah. Geico song. It's, they, they, they're awesome, by the way. Um, and, and I love. You know, it's really silent. They it's, collaborate it's weirdly quiet in here. I don't know if the, the, the <laughs> heat went off or something, but it's like at, at three in the morning when the act needs to be done and there's nobody <laughs> left in the building. It's like a funeral. It's that kind of silent. You know, usually, you know who knows what this feels like? Matt. On stand-up oh, night. Yeah, that's right. This is, he's familiar <laughs> with this, this phenomenon. Uh, usually, though, at some point, somebody pulls a fire alarm. Um, Can you do that for us, Mark, please? Pull a fire alarm? Do sure. Something. Sure. Hey, ML. Mark! Sean and Professor Jennings just want to drop a line and tell you that I just took ownership of a beautiful new Elric five string with a stunning Buckeye burl top. I would have never heard of Elric basses were it not for the podcast. I checked them out. And after some searching, I found the one I had to have. I know he's not a sponsor anymore, but I'm sure your brother would be happy to hear that he got at least one sale out of the deal, even though I bought it from (laughs) a dealer in Chicago and not directly from his website still counts. While I may not be as adept at the bass as John Taylor with my new Elric will uh, bass, I will be able to mesmerize people and they won't be able to tell the difference. Love the podcast and listen every week. Keep up the great work. And you know what my brother Beautiful. said when I said, Hey, I think nice. we may have, 
we may have helped you sell a base. You know what he said? He said nothing. So that's, oh. that's, that's what you have. Any voicemails, Mark? Uh, yeah, there is one. You oh, want no. Actually, there might be a couple. Are you ready? You sit uh, down. I don't know if I'm ready, but let's, let's have see. Um, Here's one. There is like a ding or a bong or something happening on someone's computer, and it's driving me nuts. I thought it was my phone, but then I deleted all my apps, and the only time it ever happens is Leave during Soul of Detroit. So I think it's got to be one of you guys. Deleted all his apps just for... Just for a little bid bell? Was that Matt? It sounded... It's, it not, sounded Matt, like it's it. not Matt. If it's Matt, it's not from uh, Matt's number, I'll tell you that like drunk and confused Matt. Oh, ouch. That's Matt. usually me every weekend. Could have been. <laughs> so maybe it was. Could have been Matt's burner. Okay, and did you say we had more voicemails? Uh, there's another one here. There's a, a veritable cornucopia of voicemails this week. You don't need hey, Emil, that was how you said I heard you running for city council. I'm so happy. Uh, I was wondering, uh, I'm the young man here in Detroit. I was wondering, like, an intern in here for your campaign to help you out. Uh, he gives his number. I, I, I got to get that number offline. He's I'll get it for you. That Was that also you, Matt? Sounds a lot like you. He's in. He's in. I was drunk then, too. If you want to hear your, your voice on this show, too, please give us a call at uh, 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. As you can tell, we are not choosy. Um, <laughs> but if you are choosy, there are a lot of great selections here on the Red Shovel Network. There's the Charlie Laduff's No BS News Hour. You may have heard a lot about that. Uh, no Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob. And, of course, the Drew and Mike podcast. And you may have wished I'd said this 45 minutes or so ago, <laughs> right after Melissa Nan Burke of the Detroit News went back to work. But, Cyrus, kindly take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even Mark, will remember if we were good men or bad. Why we fought or why we died. No. All that matters is an attitude against many. That's what's important. Barbara, please, John, so grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, then the hell with you. <laughs>